Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And the Retirement Clinic is on the air with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. Uh, Aaron, good morning. Good to have you back on the program today. Good morning. Great to be back. Thank you for having me. And Aaron, you've got a guest on today's show. Uh, we'll start with that. Let's kind of lay out the agenda for the Retirement Clinic. And uh, if, you know, we always say go to the, the website, it's thekowalway.com to find out more about the Kowal Investment Group. Each week we have the sexy segment. We've got the boss uh, minute coming up for business owners and their savings and security. But as I mentioned, you've invited a guest onto the program today, Aaron. Yes, I did. Uh, I have a fantastic estate planning uh, attorney with with us today and real estate attorney as well and uh, uh, others. But uh, Mark Andringa uh, is with us. He's, a, he's at Kramer Maltop and Hammis. We've been working with him for a very long time with our uh, with our clients, he's a good friend, um, and so I, maybe you know I, I always say everyone's favorite topic is themselves, except maybe Mark's. But Mark, maybe you could give a little background on who you are and what makes you tick and what you do and all that. Great. Well, thank you for having me on the show, um, and good morning, Paul and Aaron. Good um, morning, Mark. Thanks for being here. I appreciate that. I um, I'm a real estate attorney, and I also do estate planning and business work. So I have a number of clients that have uh, small to medium-sized businesses. I help them with their succession planning. So with that, I do a lot of estate planning for them uh, and for just generally for the community too. So um, it's kind of the areas of practice that I'm in. So Aaron, on today's show, you've got a plan. You've got several topics that you want to talk about. And uh, boy, in a real estate turner, we just came off of the real estate show uh, here in WISN, Mark. So um, that kind of ties in, but also estate planning. And then Aaron, of course, if you've got a good solid retirement plan, part of that includes your estate plan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's been so many, um, so many instances where people come in and you know, their, their estate plan was done in the 80s or 90s, or there's been a divorce or death or a, a birth um, you know, with, since it was done. And so it needs to be um, updated. Things, you know, there, there's new rules, new laws coming out frequently, you know, with Secure Act or Supreme Court rulings. So um, you know, a lot of times they need to go back and be adjusted uh, with health directives or other modifications. Uh, and, and so we we work with great attorneys like Mark uh, to, to help that. We're not, you know, we're <laughs> I, I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, and actually, in this case, it would be very dangerous. <laughs> I'm not an attorney, <laughs> so we use we use uh, we we, we uh, Mark um, and he he does he's done a lot of work for for me personally too, and and uh, has always done a fantastic job, uh, you know, for this because there's just so much in in the the whole like. Getting it done online thing just doesn't cut it because it has to be part of a holistic plan, and it gets it could be even um, I don't know testier or, or, or more sensitive as you get closer to retirement as well. Well, Mark, let's talk about what Aaron just mentioned. There are so many issues in life where we can go online and get things done, and you know the internet's the great equalizer, of course, right? So many good things, so many bad things on the internet. You've got to be careful. So when we talk about uh, an estate plan, for example, uh, that you you can go online and find a form, uh, 
and it may be valid. How good are they? How should I trust those, Mark? Give us some thoughts on that. You know what? I think the internet is great to learn. I think it's a great place to go and find out what what are the different tools out there you can use for estate planning. So you can learn about wills and what they do. You can learn about trusts and what they do, powers of attorney for financial matters, powers of attorney for health care. However, every once in a while, I'll have a client come in and they will show me something that was done that they did themselves or that, that maybe they had done for a family member and they're trying to help them out. And you have to be very careful. Um, many of the doc, you know, different documents here in the state of Wisconsin have to be signed certain ways. So for a will, you need to have two witnesses for that will. Um, if you don't do it properly, you will have an invalid will, and you won't then um, have the estate plan or have your assets go out the way that you want to at death. So I find that the Internet is an excellent way to educate yourself on the different, um, the different types of tools you can use for estate planning. But I think it's best to go to an attorney, ultimately, to have that work done. Yeah, it's kind of like looking up the um, symptoms of a disease doesn't necessarily make you a doctor or, or you know, the internet can be pretty scary if you don't have that background knowledge. Uh, well, WebMD, so. you mean, doesn't take the place of a doctor, Aaron? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, Every doctor. You know what? I just learned that myself. <laughs> when you go into a doctor, or now maybe it's a virtual visit with, with your doctor, Every doctor kind of shakes their head. So WebMD, oh my gosh, everybody's you know hypochondriac. You think you got this or that or some disease, and they're settle down. Let's relax. Let's do you know, a thorough examination. They say don't look this up online. <laughs> That's exactly what they say. I mean, again, the internet. It goes back to what Mark said. It, it's got its uses, and. When it comes to powers of attorney, Mark, I know that's a big deal with a trust, with a will. Are we going to get into talking about all of that today, guys? Yeah, actually, I was, I was hoping to, to lead on some of that because there's some, you know, we, we, we notice trends. We notice things that people are trying to, to accomplish or avoid. Um, and, and so, you know, everyone loves probate. And so you know, we, I want to kind of bounce some things off Mark or get, you know, take uh, from Mark on, you know, avoiding probate on, you know, uh, transferring death uh, and and those, you know, other issues because some of that can get kind of hairy, especially if not done uh, correctly. And probate can, isn't, um, you know, private and it can be expensive too. So, Mark, what's, what's going on? What are you hearing from people there, especially when it comes to those issues? We have a lot of clients come in and one of their key concerns is not having to go through probate. Now, I will tell you that I do a number of probates um, I'm con- constantly involved in different probates, and they're not the worst thing in the world. Sometimes they have their advantages, especially if you have a difficult probate, maybe with some difficult beneficiaries. Um, but many times we try to find ways to avoid probate, um, such as doing transfer on death accounts, uh, which is the same as a payable on death. You hear about POD and TOD. Well, POD is payable on death. TOD is transfer on death. They really mean the same thing, such as like a beneficiary designation. They're all really the same. And what you're trying to do is, at death, instead of having a bank account or an investment account, an IRA, or a life insurance policy go through your estate, you're naming beneficiaries specifically to receive those assets upon your death. And what you, there, there are excellent tools to avoid probate, but you also want to be careful because you want to make sure that the people ultimately that you want to receive those assets um, receive them 
Um, and the best, uh, my example would be is sometimes you have a beneficiary that might predecease you. And so you got to be careful with those payable on death or transfer on death to make sure that if someone that you've named as a primary or contingent beneficiary predeceases you, that you want, um, the person you want to receive it after that um, is the next beneficiary. And that's why you work with people like Aaron who can help you tailor that in your payable on death and transfer on death um, designations on their accounts. So those are excellent well, ways of avoiding probate, um, and we use it quite often to, you know, in our tailoring of estate plans. So what happens if they don't? Like, what's the worst case scenario? What, you know, what? Uh, I don't know, a horror story, something like that. What's a, you know, maybe something that you've experienced, or or, or one of your colleagues has? Um, you know, a, a, if you don't get this done, what, what's the worst that can happen? Here's a horror story. Um, there are some institutions out there that have it that, um, let's say you, name, you have uh, four primary beneficiaries who want to divide it equally among them. And one of them predeceases the person that, that named those beneficiaries. And now that person dies. And, now, and their form says that if one of our primary beneficiaries predeceases and you have other primary beneficiaries, it's divided equally among them. Well, that's not what the person ultimately wanted with their estate plan. They wanted the person that predeceases children to receive their share. So instead of it going three ways, they still wanted it to go four ways, but that person that predeceased, they wanted that person's share to go to their children. Well, quite often, that's what I have in the wills or in the trust that we, we prepare when we have different assets that flow through their estates um, and through those trusts. But when you're working with the institutions, they, they have their own preset beneficiary designations and they have, it's like a contract you have with that institution. So you just need to understand what will happen when one of those beneficiaries may predecease you. Now, I think quite often they think that you're going to come back and change the beneficiary designations, but sometimes you forget to do that. Um, sometimes you're not capable um, to do, you know, of changing that beneficiary designation. So it's very important to understand who those backup beneficiaries are. Yeah, can get that can get pretty hairy if you don't have all that, you know, spelled out. And then, you know, I've seen cases you know, coming in where you know it could ruin families, it could cause animosity, and you know, uh, as you said, disinherit children. Absolutely, unintentional. Um, and that yeah. and that happens. That it it doesn't happen a lot. I don't see it a lot, but it does happen. So it's really important to understand who those backup beneficiaries are in case one of your named beneficiaries predeceases. Now, I, I do want to mention something. After the break, if people have questions for Aaron Kowal uh, or for Mark as we talk about estate plans, trusts, um, retirement questions for that matter, Aaron, two ways to go about that. Uh, because we've got both of you on the phone, we would prefer the text today, uh, a quick question via text on the Acunet Mortgage text line, which is 414-799-1130. And just backing up a little bit to talk about the Kowal Investment Group, Aaron Kowal, you guys now located in Port Washington. That's kind of like a, a satellite office up in Ozaukee County. Your world headquarters, yep. of course, in Waukesha, Madison and Middleton, Phoenix, Arizona. Your latest location is in Racine, and that's a beautiful spot for folks down on yeah, our Mount southern. Yeah, Mount Pleasant right on Highway 20 there. And you guys will, I mean, you're doing virtual meetings yet, but a lot of folks are, I mean, you're open. We can come in and meet in the office, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. We are open. Um, come on in. Uh, we're, you know, we're happy to do it virtually uh, or, or in person. Um, you know, e either way is just fine uh, with us. I'm. You know, I like to, to personally. My preference is to uh, you know, see people in the flesh. But it, you know, however any you know, whatever everybody's comfort level is or convenience. Because uh, we get you know people that maybe are not in the area but still want to tap into our expertise. Uh, it's just as easy to do that on Zoom as well. I, I think you brought up a, a good point. Forget COVID for a second, like it never happened. Uh, or after uh, whatever. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to hit rewind and go back, right? Yeah. In, in time and pretend this never happened. But it did. So uh, virtual is a good way to meet for uh, just for convenience. Uh, some people just, yeah, we, you know, stay at home and have, have the meeting. A, right. And we have a huge um, a chunk of our clients that spend most or all their time outside of Wisconsin because, I mean, let's be real, winter is not super here <laughs> and um, it, it, unless you're really into the winter sports. And um, you know, so uh, we, we see a lot of our clients uh, via Zoom or on the phone. Uh, anyways, I want to give uh, out so, that that office number, Aaron, at the Kowal Investment Group, and then we'll take a quick break and be right back with the Retirement Clinic 262 522-4040-262-522-4040-or-thekowalway.com. Retirement Clinic continues after this on WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. We've got Mark Andringa with us, attorney, uh, through the end of the show. You wanted to talk about, before we hit the next break, Aaron, you wanted to talk a bit about gifting. Yeah. Yeah, because there's different strategies. There's different you know ways to do it. We touched on a little bit... Um, you know, like, like I mentioned, you know, gifting a property, you also transfer the basis. But, um, you know, Mark, what, what insights do you have on, on gifting strategies or on you know, the, you know, the limits? I know that there's annual limits, but then there's the, you know, a lifetime uh, exemption. So touch on that a little bit because we have a lot. And, you know, uh, I'm sure my, my kids would want to hear about that, you know, thinking they get gifts from, from us in a tax-managed manner, although they're way too young. But uh, if we can get into that a little bit, Mark, that'd be great. Sure. So each of us, is, we're able to give away $15,000 um, per person. So if I want to give money to my children, I can give $15,000 to my son or to one of my daughters. Um, and to your point, Aaron, they would love to hear that and love to take the money. Um, but you're, and, and it's a great way of moving some of your wealth to the next generation or to, um, to you know, next generations because you can give it to grandchildren. You can give it to anybody that you want to. Um, and so we use that as another, call it a tool, to move wealth out to uh, the family members uh, or out to, um, to others. Now, with charities, you, you can give with 501c3, uh, uh, those uh, qualified charities, you can give – I believe it's unlimited amounts to them. But um, for most people, it's how much can I give to my children? Can I give to my grandchildren? And sometimes we see that with real estate. Um, matter of fact, I'm working with a client right now um, who wants to, to give a, a family cottage. And the one issue that we have is that they, you know, there's a very low cost basis. So if they transfer that family cottage out to the, to the um, children, the issue that we're going to have is, is that, um, you know, it's going to be a great gift to them. Um, but, but had the, had the parents, the, my clients held onto that property until at least one of them had passed away, 
we could have eliminated all the potential capital gains there. So, um, so it just depends. As I mentioned, it's a tailoring, tailoring of your estate plan. And um, for some clients, it makes sense to transfer those things out as gifts today. And for some, it, it, it's better for them to wait until um, they pass away to get that what we call step up in basis so you can eliminate all that capital gains and move it out to them without any capital gains. Now, you know, some people might say, well, $15,000, that's, that's a lot. Um, some might say that's, that's not enough. Um, you know, what if someone wants to gift 20000 or 25000 to an individual? Um, and it's per, it's per if, someone, if it's a married couple, it's per partner per, per year, right? Um, and, but what if they want to do more than the, than the 15000 limit? Is there a tax on that, or, or is that under the um, lifetime exemption? Great question. So uh, between my wife and I, we can give... Um, fifteen thousand dollars to each child. So if I want to, if I want to get more money out to one of my children, I could give fifteen thousand to that child, and my wife could. So we can get up to thirty thousand dollars to each each child. Um, in addition, if we want to go beyond that amount, um, that that creates the potential of, of a gift tax. However, um, the government has allowed for us to um, to to use. Uh, part of our lifetime exemption, okay? Our lifetime exemption is $11,580,000 this year. And that lifetime exemption that we walk around with, we can use um, if we want to make lifetime gifts. So let's just say that, um, you know, I'm giving you that example of, of, of like a family cottage. If I have a family cottage and I let's say it's worth $200,000 and I only want to give it to two people, well, that's $100,000. So now I'm $85,000 over, you know, I could give 15, but now I'm $85,000 more. Well, I can file a gift tax return with the federal government and claim that I want to use up part of my lifetime exemption, and then there's no gift tax. So I just, mm-hmm. I reduce my lifetime exemption, um, and I avoid that gift tax during my lifetime. And we do that uh, quite often. We'll uh, be back uh Mark, we we got to seek in a quick break here on WISN. Mark Andringa, our guest, he's an attorney. Uh, you mentioned real estate and estate planning. So with Aaron Kowal, we're going to come back. We're going to hit the sexy segment coming up soon. The Retirement cool. Clinic continues. It's News Talk 1130 WISN, Milwaukee, and WIBA, Madison. Ah, the sexy segment back on the Retirement Clinic, WISM Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, our guest attorney, Mark Andrenga. This segment, Aaron, specifically about life insurance. Yeah, you know, it's a sexy segment, so I thought there's nothing sexier to talk about than life insurance, right? Can't beat it. Uh, Well, right, I know. Uh, Especially irrevocable life insurance trusts. Now, if we um, keep saying that, we'll we, we'll run out of time. Uh, so we refer to them as ILITs, uh, Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust. So, um, you know, we've, we've done some. Mark, Mark has, has done 
Awesome. It's a very good tool, especially for higher net worth uh, people, especially you know, maybe business owners too. So this could also go for as a uh, boss segment as well. Um, but the um, it's a very interesting uh, tool that, that we use using life insurance and a trust to transfer wealth um, between generations. So even kind of continuing on that gifting theme. Um, so, so Mark, why, why don't you kind of take us through a little bit what, what it is, uh, the logistics, and what, it, and what it would work for. It works great for, as you mentioned, Aaron, putting uh, life insurance policies into a trust that is irrevocable. So good example would be business owners that are worried about estate tax, and they want their, to help their children um, be able to pay for that estate tax that might come up so they don't lose the business. So what these business owners will do is that they will, um, working with the attorney, they'll create this irrevocable life insurance trust, and they will either transfer an existing life insurance policy that they own into that trust, and then there's a three-year look-back period. So it's got to be in there for at least three years before it's not includable in their estate. Um, But we also set them up so that if we buy a life insurance policy through that trust, it's immediately not includable in their estate. And you can appoint certain um, either uh, corporate entities or individuals, um, if they're the right type of uh, a trustee, so you got to be careful who you appoint, um, to be the trustee and to not only handle that, you know, paying in for that life insurance policy during the lifetime of the person, but then upon their death, manage those assets after. Not only for the benefit of potentially the surviving spouse, but also for the children and to use for such things as maybe having to pay an estate tax so you don't lose that business. So we use that quite, we, we will use that. Uh, we used to use it more often when the exemption was much lower, um, but we still do use it from time to time now to help, uh, help clients remove those life insurance policies from their, from their estate because people need to understand that if you own that life insurance policy and you're the insured, and then when you pass away, that's includable for estate tax purposes. So what you know, right now? What is the the exemption? What's the, the yeah the the exemption? When do the estate? When does the estate tax kick in? What's the rate? What's the the tax rate on that? Um, it, so people know you know um, if if it would affect them or not. Well, first of all, Wisconsin does not have an estate tax, so we do not right. have an inheritance tax. We don't have an estate tax. Federally, the exemption's $11,580,000 per person. So between a husband and wife, we're over $23 million. That is until the end of 2025. Um, this is under the new Trump uh, law that was uh, passed, I think it was in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, or uh, 18. But it was a new Trump tax law. And that doubled the exemption um, that, uh, that had been passed under the um, President Obama administration. So, but that sunsets. So on January 1st of 2026, that exemption goes back to the prior law. So we're at 11580000 Let's just say, and it goes up each year with the rate of inflation. We might be at, you know, just over $12 million come 2026, but then it'll go in half. So it'll go back down to roughly about, we're anticipating like $6 million or so at that point in time. And, and that law can always change. I mean, as, as administrations change, as Congress changes, yeah, they can change the estate tax exemption. Right. You know, absolutely. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not obviously not a tool for, you know, for everybody to, to take advantage of. 
Um, but it, but and I want to make a uh, I want to emphasize a point that you made uh, about selling the business. So the business is included in the estate. So if someone dies and they've got a you know a, a, a shop that's you're worth you know thirty million dollars without a lot of other assets. Um, what would they have? To, I mean, would they be in trouble then? Have to sell the business in order to pay the estate tax? You know, the government has certain types of. Um, it gets pretty technical, but they they <laughs> um, they give you some assistance if you have like closely held businesses like that, as far as paying estate tax and that. But you want to be as prepared as you can, and so you'll quite often. I think you see this, Aaron. You'll you'll see these business mm-hmm. owners buying large life insurance policies to help with that potential estate tax. Um, And as you mentioned before about gifting, we also help with our succession planning with these business owners to to move that that valued business out to the, you know, generally a lot of times it's the next generation to move some of that wealth over a period of time. So it's, again, it's a tailoring of that estate plan and working with these individuals to, you know, to try to keep the, you know, the taxes down and move that, um, you know, move their assets both during lifetime at death and trying to, you know, again, minimize the amount of tax that may, uh, you know, may have to be paid. Good stuff here. A- Aaron Cole, as we kind of wrap up the sexy segment, thoughts on what we talked about and if people want to follow up. Right. Absolutely. And it's a, it gets pretty technical. And this is very much on a case-by-case basis. Uh, so give our office a call, 262 522 Four zero four zero. We bring experts like Mark, uh, you know, and others in to, to determine if this is appropriate for you, if it's uh, if it's in your best interest um, uh, from a fiduciary point of view. So give us a call two six two five two two forty forty, and we can set up a time um, you know, to to go through what's what's going on in your situation to to see if this is a fit. And of course, go to the website anytime for information. If you didn't get that phone number driving around on Saturday, August 1st, remember the Koalway.com. The Koalway.com. Uh, you're on yep. all kinds of social media, Aaron. We should throw that in there too. Yeah, we're you know, we're all over the place. Soon not you know, not not TikTok and maybe not ever, but <laughs> with, with with the order today, but um which is the sign. But the um, yeah, so we're on Facebook. Find us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter at Kowal K O W A L at Kowal underscore Invest. Uh, also connect with me personally. Connect with Mark Andringa on on LinkedIn and with our our company Kowal Investment Group uh, on LinkedIn as well. One thing I also want to mention: we're running. Um, uh, we, we we haven't really talked a whole lot about it uh, today. Um, but we uh, are doing a lot of work with, with, with the changes with people at uh, Advocate Aurora. Um, we're running um, you know, webinars on the, the changes and what's going on with their plans. Um, so check out our website uh, and click on the Aurora banner for that. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that Aurora situation after we come back as well with the Retirement Clinic, WISM Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. Stick around.
Back on News Talk 1130 WISN, Aaron Kowal, our guest attorney, Mark Andringa. Aaron and I talking off the air, and we don't have time to get into this, Aaron. But if you have time off the air, go into the story about President Trump and his banning of, of TikTok and the story about the Chinese government. I think that's fascinating. So it be- is a fascinating story. And before you get all mad at Trump and, and say, but I like TikTok, I use it. I mean, check into the reasons why and maybe we'll follow up on future shows just something to think about oh, yeah. Aaron yeah, a few it's, minutes it's left surveillance but yes uh, yes surveillance yes by the Chinese government and there is yeah. there's there's proof now I've heard about this I just didn't know as much as you told me and the reasons why and it's just kind of happening today so we'll let it settle in and talk about it in future shows anyway in the time left with right. attorney Mark yeah. Andringa secure act Secure Act. And I have to compliment Mark on the great music selection today, too, some Def Leppard. So yeah. uh, great, great choice. But, Mark, um, you know, there's been a lot of changes with, with uh, retirement plans, and it was going to be the hot topic for this year until COVID uh, hit. We, we've talked a lot about it. We've talked with our clients a lot about it. But um, what are you doing from an estate planning perspective when it comes to the Secure Act uh, that was um, you know, passed late last year? You know, the SECURE Act, the biggest change, you know, it was a significant change on how they're treating now the beneficiaries, depending on um, the age of those beneficiaries compared to the person that, that, that is holding the, the plan. Um, and the big thing is they created another designation. They call them an eligible designated beneficiary versus what they had before. And what they've done really is, is they're, they're accelerating the time period for the money to be paid out to beneficiaries. So it used to be that I could name my children as a beneficiary of an IRA or 401k plan, and they would be able to take it out over, my, um, over their life expectancies when I passed away. But because my children are more than 10 years younger than I am, when I pass away, they now have to take it out over 10 years or have to take it out within 10 years. Um, and it's a huge change. Um, as opposed to their lifetime. Over there, yeah, versus over the lifetime. So if you pass away and your children have a life expectancy under the, you know, the IRS tables of 30 years, they'd only have to take 130th and 129th and then have it all out by the end of the 30th year. Now that's, go- um, that's gone. You, uh, you have to take it out um, for within 10 years. Now, when I made that example for my children, there are exceptions. You have to, um, for minor children, you get up to age 18 or potentially age 26, depending if they're a part of a, what they call an education program. But once that clock starts to tick, um, whether it's at age 18 or potentially up to age 26, they have to get the money out in 10 years. Um, and that's a huge game changer because it's really collecting all those tax dollars a lot faster than they were before. So we have to take that into consideration. It's not as though I don't want to still name my children as the beneficiaries, but it does change the way that you tailor your estate plan, knowing that those monies are going to come out a lot faster than you had them planned from before. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's bigger than saying, well, 10 years, so what? You know, well, sometimes the kids might be – a lot of times when, when people pass, their kids are you know not going to be in their 20s usually, right? Um, they might be in their peak earning years, and they might have, uh, they may already be in a higher tax bracket, and that could just add to even more taxes than you'd want to be paying. It can, and there are only very few exceptions for such as disabled beneficiaries, chronically ill beneficiaries. So there are a few exceptions to that payout rule, um, and being, and therefore you can become what we call an eligible uh, beneficiary. 
and, and the children are, but there's that quicker payout. Uh, but now, really, more, many more uh, these beneficiaries that used to have this lifetime payout, so many of them now have a 10-year uh, period in which they have to take that money out. And that has just dramatically changed, to your point, how quickly the taxes are being paid, and maybe even at a higher tax bracket because larger sums are being taken out in each year. Yeah, that, that, that's huge. There's a lot of strategies to address that. So, um, I, you know, we, we, we got to get, get going on the day. But thank you so much for, for coming today, Mark, on, you know, on our show. And if you could give everybody your contact information to your phone number. Sure. Um, I'm with the law firm of Kramer, Maltoff, and Hammett, and Waukesha. And our phone number is 262-542-4278. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Aaron, thank, thank you. Yeah, we had a great show. Mark Andringa, thanks for your time. Aaron Kowal, the Kowalway.com or 262-522-4040 to reach you guys at the office. Thanks again, Aaron Kowal, for your time today. Thank you. It's always a blast with you. Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist on WISN and WIBA. Thanks for tuning in.